Hi, this is David Jacobson with Positive Coaching Alliance welcoming you to our latest conversation on issues in youth sports. And uh, joining us today as we talk about Ray Rice, the NFL, and gender violence in America is Positive Coaching Alliance founder and CEO Jim Thompson, as well as Joe Ehrman. Joe is a former National Football League player and founder of Coach for America. He's been very outspoken on issues of gender violence and, and other uh, ills besetting our society and uh, recently advised the NFL in the Ray Rice case on establishing new domestic abuse policies. As a reminder, Positive Coaching Alliance is a national nonprofit organization developing better athletes, better people through youth and high school sports, providing a positive character building experience as we train coaches, parents, administrators, and student athletes in creating a positive uh, character building youth sports environment. So uh, I would like to welcome Joe and Jim to the conversation, and I'll start off by asking Joe um, how you were brought into the Ray Rice NFL situation, what your overall view of uh, the activities have been to this point, and what are the ramifications for our society? Well, first let me say what a, a pleasure and a, a privilege it is to be with you, David and Jim, and uh, with Positive Coaching Alliance, which I think is uh, the best sign of hope for transforming sports in this culture that I'm aware of. So with the uh, NFL, uh, you know, I do a lot of gender violence training and have been involved in this world for a while. After the initial uh, penalty to Ray Rice of uh, of a two-game suspension, it was a, a large public outcry, as you're aware. Uh, Roger Goodell then invited, uh, I think, about seven or eight uh, people up to the office in New York. Uh, the majority of them were people that uh, ran uh, national uh, gender violence programs, uh, had great expertise, workplace, uh, and uh, really had a heart-to-heart -heart, uh, discussion on that. And Goodell uh, came in there not only with his uh, commissioner's role to protect the, uh, the shield of the NFL and its image, but I really think he came in there as a, the son of a mother and the husband of a, of a wife and the father of, uh, of daughters and really wanted to get that thing correct. So it was a very open, honest, uh, painful discussion at times. But uh, I thought the uh, resulting new, uh, new suspension, the new uh, rules there, uh, I, I, I think uh, much more correspond with the uh, severity of the issue that we're talking about. Well, thanks for that insight, Joe. Um, I'd also like to ask uh, Jim about um, teachable moments that come out of this. Uh, I mean, we've always positioned uh, youth and high school sports at Positive Coaching Alliance as the, the ultimate teaching tool uh, to help youth develop into productive adults. And as, in as much as we're all sports fans and, and probably most 10 to 12 year old kids even have seen this Ray Rice video now, Jim, what, what is the teachable moment that comes out of this and how can parents and coaches begin to uh, process this with youth? Well, you know, David, we talk about a double goal coach, first goal trying to win, second goal uh, developing better people through sports and um, one of the reasons that sports are so great is because kids care about it so much and they really listen to coaches. Um, this this provides a teachable moment, these kinds of uh, things like the Ray Rice case. And uh, I think of an example, uh, Ed Buller, who is the athletic director at Oak Grove High School in San Jose, California, and was a national double goal coach winner for Positive Coaching Alliance several years ago. Um, 
few years ago when there was an article in the local papers about a, um, uh, an assault on a woman at a party uh, with a lot of high school football players there. Um, and um, no, nobody, uh, the woman was assaulted and raped multiple times, and nobody bothered to call the police. Um, but Ed uh, clipped out that uh, that article in the paper, not his team that was involved, and he used that as a teachable moment to talk about what would happen, what can you do if you're in that kind of a situation. Um, you know, and stress, for example, you know, you don't have to put yourself at danger, but if you've got a cell phone, you can call. And I think there's just all kinds of opportunities to use these kinds of things to teach the methods, messages that we'd like our kids and especially our young men to come away with. And I know, Joe, you've done a lot of those kind of teaching with your, uh, your high school teams. Yeah, Joe, I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. I know um, at, at Gilman School there is some uh, amount of classroom curriculum that goes with being a football player there where, you, where you've coached. Um, can you talk a little bit about what is the discussion around gender violence and uh, um, especially the uh, program you put in, act, in action during uh, homecoming week? Well, uh, you know, when you talk about gender violence, that uh, incorporates a number of different, uh, you know, it's uh, gender violence, it's in intimate partner uh, violence, it's uh, um, dating abuse, and all of those are male issues of crime, uh, crime and control. Uh, women can't end gender violence. We're, all women can do is reduce the risk. Gender violence is not going to end in America until we raise up a generation of men that have the moral courage and the moral clarity to start calling out other men on sexist attitudes or, or, or language or uh, actions toward girls and women. So I think there needs to be a massive uh, educational program that takes place that every boy ought to know. I think in many of these uh, scenarios, uh, boys don't understand what consent is. Uh, there's a lot of issues there. So as a coach, uh, particularly as a high school coach, uh, you have an almost unparalleled power platform position to speak into the lives of these uh, young boys, uh, young men, to bring about the change uh, that's so desperately needed. Uh, I think by not talking about these issues, uh, you give some kind of passive uh, 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 some kind of passive uh, a affirmation. That, that's not the word I'm looking for. So what we do is uh, the week of the of homecoming dance. Uh, that's the week we're going to teach our players how to date and respect girls. Now we understand that part of the male socialization process in America is that uh, sexual conquest seems to be embedded uh, as part and parcel of what it means to be man. So you need to speak against that. So the first day of practice, and we do this all year, we'll take 10 minutes before every practice and a half hour to the day of the game. The first practice, we'll just talk about hypocrisy. We'll have the players reflect on um, how did they want their mothers and their sisters to be treated when they dated. We'll have a conversation about how do you want uh, the women in your life uh, to be treated by men out there. And then once that's on the table, we'll talk about hypocrisy can't want that for your sister and then treat somebody else's sister in a radically different way. Uh, second day, they'll come down and we'll do guided meditations, the helmets on, and ask the players to just think about the last time somebody called you a name that really hurt you. Uh, think about the words that were used, how those made you feel. Think about the intent of the person using those words. 
And once I've got 70 high school boys connected to their own thing, I ask them to just think about the power of their words when they call a girl fat or ugly or a slut or a dyke down, a dyke or some kind of put down. Think about the power of your words to elevate other human beings or to tear them down. The next day they'll come down and we'll do case scenarios. Uh, you're at a party and some girl is stupid drunk and one of your teammates or classmates is trying to drag her into a bedroom. Uh, what do you do as a man at that moment? Do you just walk on by? Do you think that's none of your business? Do you think your teammate might get lucky tonight? Or as a man, do you intervene on behalf of uh, justice, on behalf of the integrity of both of those uh, uh, human beings? Uh, the next day they'll come down, and what we do is uh, we always have a written assignment. Writing forces the bilateral integration of the left and right hemispheres of the brain, the thinking and the feeling. So every boy on our team has to write a couple paragraphs about uh, the moment they pick up the date, how they take her to the dance and bring her home. And they have to write about how they're going to treat that date. And then we'll read three or four of them uh, uh, in front of the team before practice. We want to set a standard if you're going to play for us. Boy, here's how we're going to treat and respect girls and women. Uh, then we have every player sign a pledge. It gives a tremendous uh, devastating statistics of uh, gender violence in America. And then it has every boy make a pledge uh, uh, that as a man, uh, they're never powerful when others are powerless. To use their own voices to uh, become allies with girls and women in that school, to have a collective voices and resources to end gender violence. And then on the day of the game, what we'll do is take two moms and two dads off of our team. Moms and dads that not only have adolescent uh, sons, but also have daughters. Each of them will get five minutes to stand in front of 70 high school players and talk about how much they love their daughters, how they expect them to be treated when they go out on a date with their players. So that's uh, we do that every, uh, every year, uh, once a week. Uh, and you have to continually pound these messages uh, uh, and, and teach. And I think it's most effective when coaches understand their own narrative, their own concept about gender violence, what they've experienced, uh, what they've heard, and share that as well. It's an astonishing curriculum, Joe, a really amazing set of work that you do. Um, Jim, I, I, I want to ask you, I mean, so often the, the coaches – out there just don't see themselves as needing to do those sorts of things. They feel that their responsibility essentially begins and ends with the practices and games. Um, what message would you send to coaches at large about what their real responsibilities are? I actually think uh, every coach, at least every coach I've ever met, uh, wants to be, whether they have the terminology or not, they want to be a double coach. They also you know, they want to be um, successful on a scoreboard but they also want to be builders of men and women. Um, you know, one, of the, one of the issues is uh, every coach doesn't have enough time to practice. I know I, I had my, started coaching and I had one or, one or two hours of practice a week and then we play a game on Saturday. Then I became a high school coach. I could practice two and a half hours a day every day. Still didn't have enough time to cover everything. Um, so it's, it's a matter of, of value. It's only a take, like, Joe suggested 10 minutes a day to talk about these kinds of issues um, uh, over the course of a season. It can have a, a huge impact. Um, you know, really, if, if all you're doing is teaching kids the sport, the strategy and the tactics and the skills of the sport, you're missing a huge opportunity. One thing I'd like to say about um, 
I, I just I'm, I'm in awe of uh, Joe's curriculum here, and that's one of the reasons that Positive Coaching Alliance gave him our Ronald Bell Jensen Award for Lifetime Achievement last April because of the, the amazing contribution he's made. Um, one thing about coaches, when you do talk with kids about these kinds of issues, uh, I think it's great for coaches to just talk about their values and to say, you know, what Ray Rice did was wrong, and I don't want you guys to do that. Um, in some ways, it's even more powerful when you get the kids to say that. So one of the things the coach can do is say, you know, um, to describe the situation, um, the Ray Rice is, uh, situation is the, the current one, but there's going to be more opportunities to use things from the headlines from professional sports. And then to ask the kids, how do you feel about that? Um, is that the way – I love Joe saying that this is the way you'd want your, your sister, your mother, uh, your daughter to be treated. Uh, because the research shows that when, when somebody says something themselves, it, 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 uh, it takes hold in them more than if they just agree with some – you know, if the coach says it and the kids are just nodding their head, that's not as powerful as if the coach gets them through questioning to save themselves. I, I wouldn't stand for that. Great. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Joe, this is our last question, and we've probably got just about um, five minutes, maybe a little less, um, depending on how you answer. Um, if you could summarize what, what the, the forces in our culture uh, that prevail against uh, senses of moral courage and um, intervening on behalf of justice, um, some of the things that, uh, that we've heard you talk about in, in your uh, TED Talk and, and the like, um, what are those forces and how do we uh, countermand them? Well, I always uh, go back to the, I try to go back to the earliest source and, you know, as I've stated, I think the three scariest words that every boy receives is when he's told to be a man. It's always in the context of a, a kind of shame, the emotion, feeling, boys are challenged to disconnect their hearts uh, uh, from their heads as well. This is where most social problems begin. That creates kind of an empathy uh, deficit disorder, an inability to understand other people's feelings and situations. Uh, you can't understand other people if you don't understand your own feelings and situations. So I think part of the challenge is we need to make sure that every boy, every man's uh, head is connected to the heart. It's the heart that gives you success and values in your life. It's the heart that's a source of empathy and compassion. It's a source that's a, uh, the heart that's a source of uh, moral courage when understanding uh, injustices. And uh, we just have got to uh, coach up, uh, train up, uh, start knocking down some of these uh, uh, social issues uh, that emanate uh, from this false concepts of masculinity. So at the very uh, uh, bottom most of that, uh, at the very foundational, we need to truly teach boys what it means to be a man. And uh, part of that is never defined by power, uh, control. Uh, it's always in the context of uh, appreciating the inherent value and worth of every human being. Uh, empathy is part of our human nature, uh, but it has to be nurtured. Uh, this culture and the way many boys are nurtured kind of beats that out of them. And I think it's the responsibility of every coach, particularly interscholastic coaches. Uh, boy, you are teacher coaches. You need to know what your curriculum is, and you need to build a curriculum based on whatever is routine to the healthy development of your players. And I think that's a challenge for every coach. They've got to do their own internal work uh, because you can't export what you haven't uh, uh, imported. So to be a better coach, you've got to be a better you. 
and I think all of us uh, have to work, and it's a lifelong struggle. It is for me, always trying to reclaim my authentic masculinity so I can be the man, the husband, the coach, uh, the human being that I care to be. Very impressive. I really appreciate those insights, Joe and Jim. Um, hopefully people will learn from this and, and can help uh, process what we're going through as a country in terms of the Ray Rice situation and gender violence. Uh, I know that, uh, that we'll be helping a lot of parents, athletes, and coaches with this, so very much appreciate your time.